on Frasier. It's if you're listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. Hi, Heather. Hey, Ramsey. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's a, honestly a beautiful Saturday morning here. It's too hot. I want to go back to uh, the cold weather. Mm-mm. No, today, yesterday was too hot. Today's going to be great. It's going to be a perfect day. Like that Hoku song. Uh, I only know that from the stupid hamburger video. It's the best video. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we're mixing it up a little today. Yes. Why did I think of this idea? Standing mixer. Oh, yeah. Your newsletter. So if everyone doesn't know, Ramsey has a newsletter uh, that I just currently the name of has eluded me. What's the name of your newsletter, Ramsey? (laughs) Uh, Sincere Positive Things. Yes. So in that, Ramsey was talking about how he has recently gotten into Prince, right? If mm-hmm. I'm remembering correctly. And I said, correctly. I said, would it be fun if you made a playlist of all the artists you've gotten into as an adult that everyone else has known, you know, <laughs> basically their whole lives? And we talk about that. And we agreed that sounded like a fun idea. So I, I believe the word you used was Prince has been ubiquitous in my life. <laughs> that- is true. Like I, <laughs> I don't remember when I first heard Prince. It just, I don't know. P- Prince was always around, you know. I don't know. And my parents. <laughs> well, we can get into that a little more specifically, but yeah, like a lot of these artists, I haven't actually looked ahead in the playlist. I opened it, but that was the extent of it. Uh, I'm just assuming I've just always known these artists, as far as like my. Oh, sorry, there's a lot of honking. Uh, I don't know. Welcome to Brooklyn in a pandemic. This is what's yeah. happening. Um, just it is what it is. If I can, everyone just deal with it. Um, <laughs> <'cause> I, <laughs> because to your previous point, I'm not closing the window. It's too hot. <laughs> we're just, this is how we're rolling now. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I am curious what my like entry point, if any with these artists are, or if it's also just like, I don't know. And I just always knew but, that. Yeah. I just, they just, <laughs> We're playing while I was in the crib. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I am curious. I would love to hear your entry point. Maybe just as we go through. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Well, I do just generally have a question. Like, is this something that you like went into consciously of like, I'm going to get into artists or was it just like you found you like, I don't know, one day someone said the not the Beatles. That was the worst example I was about to say. Okay, but let's but let's use that for the sake of this. So someone sure. was talking about the Beatles and you're like, hmm, I've never heard them. I'm going to listen to them and then I, I'm going to also seek out other bands to listen to? Or was it is it kind of more like one-off? Like you get, you I don't know, something prompts you getting into an artist. It's, it's usually more the one-off type of thing yeah. where like something will inspire me. And I'll be like, oh, that person, I've heard of that person, or I know, maybe I know a couple songs by them. I wonder if they're all good, or what. I wonder what they all sound like, yeah. that kind of thing. Okay, let's get started. I have more questions for you, but I think I yeah. can just ask them as we go. That's fine. Yeah, and I picked uh, songs for this. For the most part, they are bands or people I got into as an adult uh, that I remembered specific reasons why I started listening to them. Okay, so. okay. Um, all right, here we go. Incredible. So, give me a reason. Let's hear the backstory. Uh, this I do want to say this is not necessarily my favorite Beastie Boys song, but 
that would be the best start to a playlist. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, okay, so what got you started deep diving on Beastie Boys? I actually think I already know the answer to this. Uh, yeah, I think you do, because it's partly your fault. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what are we talking now? Seven years ago? I don't know that- if it was that long, but a while. Yeah, uh, Heather and I started a skateboard club. Oh, you know what? It would have been six years ago, because I okay. remember when I bought my skateboard. Uh... We started a skateboard club. I believe we skateboarded together one time. Uh, correct. Correct. And, uh, as part of that, uh, after the wheel fell off my skateboard and we had to go back oh inside. I forgot that happened. <laughs> we uh, went back to my house and watched uh, Spike Jones's skateboarding oh, movie yes. and a bunch of Beastie Boys music videos. Yes. Uh, we were with friend of the show, Adam Maid, who also, mm-hmm. he's, he's to blame as well. So... Uh, he was sort of an auxiliary member since he wasn't allowed to own a skateboard. Yeah, but we let him use ours. Don't tell his girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is funny because Beastie Boys is, they're a funny one for me because they are in my brain ubiquitous, but it's not, it's not like my parents were listening to Beastie Boys. Sure. I think for me, it, I mean, it, I know it was MTV. Like there's no point in my life that when I was a kid, Beastie Boys weren't on television, you know? Like, what year was Paul's Boutique? Do you have do you have that handy mm-hmm. at all? I think I can just click on this. Hold on. You know, but like, um, hold on, let me... Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I'm pulling up a Wikipedia page right now. Okay. So, License to Ill was late 80s, right? You know, yes, so that sounds right. Those songs, especially as a, I mean, as a kid, were definitely the ones that resonated with me the most. You know, and like I was born mid eighties, you know, so it's like they sure. literally were ubiquitous to me. Like I, I was probably watching MTV from a problematically early age, which <laughs> why I am the way I am. Uh, but then, I, I oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say, but then it's like. I mean, I highly suggest everyone watch the Beastie Boys documentary that Spike Jones did on Netflix, but, um, so good. But, uh, they, I feel like, I mean, obviously they're older than me, but I feel like their music very much, like, grew up with me. Like, by the time it it would, uh, by the time they were at, like, Ill Communications, uh, I was, or Hello Nasty, I was much more cognizant and aware of the music I was listening to and like actively choosing to versus just like being a kid and thinking party music sounds fun because it does, you know, like. I remember hearing the phrase uh, fight for your right to party and I know I heard the intergalactic song, but Uh, without MTV, that's my only real exposure. And now you love them. Now I love them. Okay. All right, tell me your Elvis Costello origin story, because this is another one. Elvis Costello has just always existed, as far as I'm aware. This might be the most boring one uh, in terms of origin stories, but uh, future friend of the show, Connor Ratliff, uh, (laughs) is a huge Elvis Costello fan. And I don't remember, I think it was in the lead up to maybe Elvis Costello's book that was coming out, his memoir. Yep. Uh, He just started this massive Twitter thread uh, where he went through 
I think every single Elvis Costello album, maybe even song, uh, including like all these weird rarities where it was just like yeah. a, a phone video of a record playing that he did. Um, and it was just like, oh, wow, there's a lot of just checking in on that thread every once in a while, seeing how disparate the styles were. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll get into this guy. I'll check it out. All right. And I didn't make it super deep into the later stuff, I'll admit. Okay. But, uh, the, the good stuff is good with Elvis yeah. Costello. I, I never really got into Elvis Costello. Like, there, I, I've heard this song. There are other songs I know and like, but... It's not a catalog I've actually dove into, really, at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it, though. Yeah. I, I, uh... This particular song I chose, you've certainly heard it before, but I also like it because it's kind of, uh, an ABBA parody. Mm-hmm. How much he hates them. Wait, it's an ABBA parody, you said? Uh, like, you can kind of hear it with those, No, uh, I can. I can. Yeah. When before it um <clears throat> before the vocals clicked in, I thought it was Abba. It makes sense. That is crazy. That's funny. Wait, but it's about how much he hates them. Uh, the song itself isn't, but that's the reason why he decided to parody them. Like that's funny. Like this is music today sucks. This is what it all sounds like. But all right, fair enough. That's funny. Uh, but I believe it's ultimately a uh, critique of British politics during this time. Is he British? Yep. I didn't know that. Uh, I'm trying to think of when you might have heard him talk, and I don't Never. know. Yeah. Unless you watched his talk show on Showtime? Never. Absolutely not. Did not do that. I will say I was first exposed to him on the Austin Powers 2 soundtrack with Burt Bacharach. Mm, okay. But that didn't stick at that point. Anyway, here's here's an ABBA deep cut. <laughs> okay. Now, I know that you really love ABBA, but I, <laughs> yeah. I do not know how you got into ABBA. Uh, I think it kind of, like many things in my life, started as a bit. But then it became uh, a real thing. Then it was like, you know what? No, they're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this will be a recurring theme. Um, yeah, the uh, a friend of mine, I think for his honeymoon, went to Sweden and mm-hmm. showed, me, showed me some videos that he took of the ABBA Museum. Uh, and so that put in my mind, oh, there's an ABBA Museum. I'm going to buy ABBA Museum t-shirts at, yep. for Mo and I, <laughs> just okay. for fun. Uh but they ran out of women's sizes, so I just got a shirt for myself. And, uh, and that, I, and the rest is history. Yeah, I can't wear an ABBA t-shirt and not listen to their music, so. Right, of course. You, you, <laughs> you do commit to a bit. It's true. Uh, also during this period, just like in random Googling, I found I, I, uh, oh there it is uh, I found this ABBA cutting board that somebody what? in England made on like a British Etsy type of thing uh, where it's like I think laser engraved with the the faces of the four people but then at the bottom it says the winner bakes it all I don't get it uh, they have a song called the winner takes it all oh yeah 
Here's my issue with that cutting board. Mm-hmm. You don't use a cutting board that much in baking. Yeah, I guess the only time you would need it is if you're gonna uh, rolling pin something. Sure. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't love it. <laughs> I feel like we could have come up with a better pun. My favorite, I, I then went to a deep dive of this person's laser engraved cutting boards they were selling. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had one that w- had Adele's face on it and underneath it said, hello, it's me. And I realized that they put the Lionel Richie hello lyric with the Adele face, which I Oh, like. that's funny. Yep. That's funny. Um... I think we talked about this when we did an ABBA song before. I mean, I I don't want to put this on, but I do get it. Like, it's fun. I don't know. I lost you for a second there. Uh, you don't want oh. to put this on, you do. Oh, I get it. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I don't know. I get it. I do think it's funny you picked a deep cut, though. <laughs> Oh, it got very quiet on my end. I'm not sure if it's showing up in the podcast still. Uh, what, the music? <laughs> Never mind. It was fading <laughs> out. Like, it's because the song changed. Okay. okay goodbye. Uh, R.E.M. Tell, yeah, this... tell us your deal. This isn't going to surprise you either. It was nope. from the Scott, Scott Ackerman, Adam Scott podcast. Are you talking R.E.M. Remake? Makes perfect sense. I will say that podcast also did make me like R.E.M. more. Mm-hmm. It did not make me like U2 more, but I think that also tracks that R.E.M. is a band I would, I, Heather Hines as a human, would like more than U2. Yes, I agree with that. They're just, uh, I mean, again, R.E.M. is a band that just always existed, but not a band I ever got into. So I did listen to more U2 after that podcast as well. But I think you probably did a deeper dive than me. <laughs> I, I picked this one because it's like the earlier period that I had never heard their yeah. sort of punky roots. Mm-hmm. And I like the song. I mean, that's a good a re- as good a reason as any. Do you have a preferred era or sound for R.E.M.? Um, let me look. Let me look. I think the answer is yes, but... <laughs> um... Oh, here we go. Uh... I mean, I would say Automatic for the people I was definitely the most familiar with because, again, that was everywhere on MTV. Yeah, this um, that's, my dad actually had that CD, so I was very familiar with that one. Uh, I would have to see, though, like... I I mean, it's gotta be that. That's like the R.E.M. album that I knew existed. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. that I could have named any others before uh, the podcast, <laughs> or before Are You Talking R.E.M. Read Me. Yeah. So I would say definitely that one. This is maybe the band that I would say was the from my list. Maybe the most ubiquitous during my lifetime. Sure. Definitely 
like remember all the big hits um because they made their way into adult top 40 which is what my mom put on in the car when i was growing up right that makes sense yeah i mean they were everywhere in the 90s so yeah What about this song, though? You just like this song? Uh, I think because it was one that I had never heard before, but also was pretty catchy. Yeah. And I think because it reflects a different style than what I would associate with R.E.M. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting, I hate to say the word artifact, that seems really lame, but it's right. from their career. Well, I get it. That makes sense. Like, you, you get used to a certain sound, so then this other one is pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that my good rock and roll uh, music? Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> I'm good with words and things. <laughs> All right, what is next? Oh, boy. All right, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself. Uh, obviously, I'd heard of Frank Sinatra and probably even the song. Of course. Uh, I was writing. Seems insane, seems insane to me if you hadn't. <laughs> Actually, I guess probably the, the first time I was aware of him was the theme song to Married with Children. That was very ubiquitous in my life. Yeah, although it's same, but I don't think I knew that was Frank Sinatra at the time. Probably didn't either. That's a good point. Uh, I was writing a thing that took place in the 1940s. And while I was writing that thing, I would listen exclusively to music from that time period. And then got bored with the same 200 songs and then eventually bridged into the early 50s as well just to mix it up and uh got exposed to frank sinatra i was like you know what this is like nice enough to put on on a sunday afternoon i'm making breakfast or something i do agree it's and, nice uh, sunday sunday music for sure yeah. so i bought a, a couple of used records because uh they're cheap because everybody had them back in the day correct and uh got into frank sinatra a little bit he's not one right. to listen to the catalog top to bottom yeah to be fair that's a lot that's a lot he he was he was doing it for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. My grandma loved Frank Sinatra, so it was something I was pretty aware of. Always, <laughs> it's definitely something that would like play in my grandparents' house uh, at meals, etc. I also. Uh, as I said, that have a very weird association because whenever I would eat dinner at my grandparents' house, they would make me have a glass of milk with dinner, which is fucking disgusting. That was definitely a thing in my house that we had to do. Horrible. Do you, uh, do you ever drink milk like with a, a dessert, like a c- cookies or a pie anymore? No. Only if I'm dunking cookies in the milk. Uh-huh. I also don't have dairy milk ever. <laughs> like, right, right. I just, I mean, honestly, I stopped having dairy milk because I couldn't go through it fast enough because I live alone, but uh, it kind of grosses me out now. <laughs> That's reasonable. I really only have it if I'm going to bake something that needs it. Yeah. 
Um, all right. This is what started this episode. So mm-hmm. explain what got you into Prince recently. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a, a very brief three-parter. Okay. After he was on the Super Bowl a bajillion years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. He he did such a good job that I decided, you know what? I should become more familiar with Prince. Man, uh, good. And so uh, I went and saw that he had... I think at that point, like 35 albums. I was like, mm, no, this is too much work. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, when he died, I, I think I just looked it up. He had 39 studio albums and then plus a bunch of live stuff. He Ooh. made all the music. Okay. Uh, and then when he died, I signed up for a free title uh, month. Because oh, that yeah. Was, she could listen to him. And I listened to a bunch of his stuff, just like a smattering. Uh... And then I just came across this article. Uh, it was an interview with Kristen Chenoweth, where she described going on a date with him recently. What? I guess not recently, but like, Whoa, yeah. Right. She just revealed that like, I don't remember. He saw her in something, and then uh, asked her out to dinner, and she just described. She kind of partially blew it, like didn't realize it was a date date and, came, and showed up in sweatpants, which is like, why would you ever go to Prince's house in sweatpants? Yeah, that seems crazy to start with. Uh, and it was just like, you know what? This guy was living a life that I'm just fascinated by. Fair. And decided to just check out the sort of evolution of his his thing. Because I, I knew about like the weird symbol i knew about writing slave on his face and that sort of thing I, yeah those were like that was everywhere when we were growing up um so i was just curious to see how did how did this go down fair enough uh what was what do you what do you think was the most like interesting fun fact you found out uh for sure for me the thing that i find most fascinating is he gets his first album deal. Uh-huh. And just immediate, like, he, he uh, invites, I think, the Warner Brothers executives over to a recording session to prove to them that he doesn't need a producer or anyone else in the studio, basically. And yep. records an entire song by himself. Uh, <laughs> and just, like, the fact that they were... They gave him that on his first time out. This unproven guy is like, yeah, okay, you can just do the whole thing. You're fine. You got this. Yeah. That is funny. Just to have that level of confidence is one thing, but then to actually pull it off and record some amazing music right off the bat is really impressive. Yeah, you're not wrong. That is crazy. Like, that would not happen now. There's no way. No world in which that would happen now. I mean, granted, and, no one would get that amount of money for an album at this point, but still. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just, he has, like, this real mystique and uh, mysterious personality, but, like, every once in a while you get this sort of glimpse of, like, a real sense of humor, which is really cool as well. Like, yeah. kind of breaks out of that mold. Uh, I'm, I'm going enough. chronologically, and I, I just made it out of the uh, artist formerly known as Prince era. Wait, say that again? Uh, I, ju- I just made it through the artist formerly known as Prince era. He's oh, back got it, got Prince. it, got it. My brain was, like, not parsing that sentence properly. <laughs> when, as soon as I had to bring in artist formerly known as, it sort of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yep. I, okay. I was just going to say, yeah, I've always, same thing, always just known Prince and liked him, but it's never, it's again, never something I've done a deep dive on. Like, I like the songs I like a lot, <clears throat> and that's all I know. Mm-hmm. This is also kind of a stupid reason, but uh, the song <laughs> Let's Go Crazy was number one when I was born. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so it's also like, I feel like an obligation to know this guy for some reason. Oh, I, I feel like mine was a Phil Collins song. I'm going to check. I think I remember that. I think it was. Let's see. I'm trying to find a weird search engine that'll tell me. Did you watch any of the uh, live stream Prince concert that they just put up? No. Was it cool? They just uh, put up like... It's it's very good. It's it's a 1985 one from Syracuse. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and it's it's a great show. Where was it? The Carrier Dome? I didn't watch the whole thing. It's, it's worth a look. Uh, I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people there. I didn't realize it was that big. It's a big stadium. Uh, yeah, Against All Odds was number one the day I was born. A great song. I love it. That's so sad. It makes sense. You love email. <laughs> True. I mean, yeah, Prince is like, just the sound of this, like, I know this is like cliche, but like, it just does sound so cool. You know, yeah. like it just does. Yeah, this uh, this kind of funky style. Yeah, I feel like is what Bruno Mars wants to do. I would not disagree. Uh, yes. <laughs> I tell. All right, I want to hear your talking head story. Okay. Uh. My dad got this, like, two-disc Talking Heads CD, Best Of, from, like, the BMG Music Club. Yep. And I, I used to listen to Burning Down the House a lot, I think because I heard it in an episode of Home Improvement. Uh, okay. This is not incredibly dissimilar from mine. Okay. Uh, but I never got super into them, but uh, enough that, like, oh, these are cool guys. I like this. These are cool guys! <laughs> these are fun dudes. Yeah. Um, and then we went and saw uh, David Byrne at the uh, Forest Hills Stadium, I guess last year, before he did the oh, Broadway yeah. run. That's cool. And uh, he didn't do any, like, Talking head songs that I didn't know. Yeah. It was also, like, I, I just was not super familiar with all of their stuff, or, like, a lot of their stuff. So then we watched the Stop Making Sense movie. Yes. And, which was amazing, also. And uh, then I just went for it. Uh, yeah, so I... Hold on, I have to look up what song it was. Um, it's very funny to me that I'm about to tell you this. Um, so it was Burning Down the House. I was right. Okay. I just... I doubted myself after you said it. I love the movie 13 Going on 30. And oh, there is that is... the Sigourney Weep? No. Uh, Jamie no. Curtis? Uh... I don't know. It's the one okay. with Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Mark Ruffalo's child character, whatever. You're gonna, I'm gonna make you watch this movie at some point. Don't worry about it. Jesse and I both love it. Um, 
it, whatever, if this, that song plays like a pivotal moment in that movie, uh, and I did really like it. And again, like I always knew it because it was on the radio. Like it was definitely on the radio stations my dad would listen to. Sure. Um, so I really liked that. And I think I probably just like really listened to like a best of at some point. Cause that movie came out, uh, during college for me, but then from that got really into this song. Uh, and, what, and this this song is still probably on like any party playlist I have. Like, it's just so good. Like, it's just such a good song. Um, there was also uh, my team at my last job also did make a video with not David Burns, but the other members of Talking Heads watching a reaction video of the um, documentary now version of. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it was like it was a contentious situation that I actually am still still very mad about. But uh, but that's that's funny. So I've seen that episode of documentary now a million times, but I've never actually seen the movie. Oh, you should we should watch that. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we uh, I also went to a screening at the IFC of uh, Stop Making Sense. Or no, yeah. sorry, uh, uh, True Stories. His. Oh yeah movie. yeah yeah. I have that soundtrack on vinyl. Ooh. You can uh, have it. I've never listened to it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bring it to you when I see you in 3 hours. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, but as we were waiting in line outside, uh, David Byrne rode up on his uh, bicycle. I really thought you were going to say Vespa, which also would make perfect sense to me. Nope, he he chained his bicycle to a lamppost a couple feet away from me and then took I his helmet off. I love it. Crazy. Only in New York, Heather. Only in New York. To be fair, that is crazy. Where the fuck else would that happen? (laughs) I think only in New York. I think actually correct. (laughs) Um, One more stray memory. I'm going to say in ninth grade or so, for the French Club talent show, um, my science teacher performed Psycho Killer because it has that French breakdown in the middle. Oh, God. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Uh, I kind of loved it. I don't know how how the less cool or the more cool students felt about yeah. it, but I thought it was great. That's funny. He was like kind of the goofball beloved teacher, so I think he sure. got a pass. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, wow. We timed that perfect. Yeah, Good we job, did. Lads. Okay, I don't even know this next band. I bet you know this song, though, once once it gets going. Okay. I mean, I think so. It sounds familiar so far. Once these horns kick in, I'll, I'll okay. talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, of course I know yeah, this. It's like a gajillion movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I listen to a lot of soundtracks and classical stuff while I write. Yeah. Um, and I've always been like super anti-jazz for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's similar to my stance on art, where it's just like I don't get it. <laughs> sure. So I I made a conscious effort recently to like you know what I, there's some jazz that I like. Uh, mostly I discovered through that 
1940s period of listening to music that I should do make like a more conscious effort to try and figure it out for myself. Yeah. And uh, I, I found this guy, Dave Brubeck. I, I discovered him. Uh, yeah, you yeah. And uh, I just listened to a bunch of his stuff from beginning to end. And uh, because like it was, I, I think when it gets more uh, wacky, the jazz, when it gets yeah. all over this, that's when I it loses me, the sort of like atonal stuff. Okay. Uh, but this is very calm and smooth and it doesn't do anything super crazy. And so I could write while I was listening to it and got into it. That makes sense. I This kind of jazz, I yeah, I totally like. I It's not something I generally put on, but it's something that it's very pleasant to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I then found out that this song, the reason it's called Take 5 is because it's written in 5-4 time. He was just like trying to mess, mess around and do some weird time signatures. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Do you like his other stuff? Uh, I like a lot of his other stuff. Uh, towards the end of his life, he started writing a bunch of like giant religious arias. Like whole chorus things. Don't love that. No, they were, and and also pretty distracting when you're trying to write. Yeah, no so I didn't feel too too bad skipping over those. Yeah, don't love that. But yeah, he has a lot of really good compositions. That uh, I, this whole album actually is is very good. All right, that's cool. Uh, I'm gonna ask you, what is your feeling about jazz in general? generally like i agree i don't like the more like wild stuff i like the stuff like the more calming stuff mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's a good descriptor but like stuff like this is fine also my dad likes jazz and i also played trumpet as a kid so i think like i just had to listen to a lot of it that makes um, sense. i don't have any like I, I don't have like some guys i like but you know generally <laughs> i feel fine about it <laughs> I was my next question was going to be uh, my guys, your guys. <laughs> uh, is Miles Davis trumpet? Is he trumpet guy? Yeah, right. I think now so. That, now, yes, he is. No, but once you asked me, I panicked that I was going to say yes and be wrong. But yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have to play this one all the way through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I also assume I know how you got into this band. Uh, I think you'd be wrong, actually. Ooh, okay, good. Tell me. This, okay, this one is so embarrassing, actually. Whatever. Uh, so, if we painted any kind of picture with this podcast, it's the fact that I, I really didn't know any music except for a couple bands for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I met friend of the show Mo in college, she then broadened my horizons quite a bit and exposed me to a lot of good music from the indie college scene. Yep. Uh, this is, I'm in college at this point before that, uh, before meeting Mo. And uh, I am at this point, as I am now, a super comedy nerd. And uh, recently the Ben Stiller show has come out on DVD. I, and, I was okay. weirdly reading Ben Stiller's Wikipedia this morning. That is very weird. Did you yeah. get there from Jerry Stiller? Yeah, I think so. I just went on a, down a weird rabbit hole this morning. 
Uh, one of the episodes on that is just a giant parody of U2's Zoo TV tour. Mmm, okay. And then also, like, almost at that exact same time, we're, like, in early iTunes days. Yep. Uh, U2 has a new album coming out, and so they partner with iTunes, where, like, they're releasing their entire discography on iTunes in one giant bundle, including, like, all the 12-inch mixes from the 1980s and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also at the same time, iTunes just had their, I think, millionth, maybe billionth download. Jesus. As part of that, Steve Jobs called that person and, like, gave them $1,000 or something like that. And so I I was like, you know what? Ben Stiller loves you, too. Yeah. And maybe if I'm the first person to buy this at midnight, Bono will call me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I, as a poor college student, spent probably, I think it was like $200 on their full discography on iTunes. Oh my god. Talked myself into it. And then, holy, uh, holy. Bono did not call me, listener. Mm. And, uh, so I just decided to listen to all these songs I just bought. And here we are. Okay. Okay. Here we are. Myself <laughs> to so all that right. I money? Maybe. Fair enough. I don't I really. Oh, I was just gonna say I don't really know this song. I think it's. I was just gonna say I think it's their first single from their very first album. Got it. Uh, that may not be accurate, but I think it's from their first album. If nothing else. I don't mind it. It's a good one. I like it. Um, and I did also pick it because it's one you you probably hadn't heard. Yeah. I mean, there are some YouTube songs that I am. Um, that I like fine, and there are some that I really, really don't like. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think the ones, I, I couldn't even tell you a specific track, but like, I think the ones that I really like, actively like, don't like tend to be the like, bigger, more like, crazy, anthemic rock songs. Sure. Maybe that's just not my thing, so that does make sense. <laughs> yep, I agree. Alright. This is the last track. Give us the origin story. <laughs> so I was a big Beatles guy. Uh, I guess I'll. You can't tell yet, listener. This is this is Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big Beatles guy in high school. That's one of the two bands I listened to. Uh, uh, and again, this starts with I think a combination of bits in my life where uh, when I married friend of the show Mo. Uh, we, uh, I initially said it would be really funny if every uh, song that we play at the reception was by Wings, <laughs> like the the father daughter dance, like each each of those major songs you get to pick. But instead, we just did uh, our entrance into the reception hall was to Jet. Love it. Uh, so initially, it was just a joke, uh, and I remember Mo telling her mom that that was the plan, and her just saying, "Why." like just not getting it that that was a painful memory for her when Paul McCartney went to Wings <laughs> um, I, I, I wasn't considering that being the reason she why she was saying why <laughs> I thought she was just like why right fair either either direction is a fair point yes um, and then this is probably five years later 
Uh, Mo and I did a road trip to Chicago. And again, as a bit, I burned every Wings album to a CD. <laughs> yep, this tracks. Uh, but then we discovered that this live album, Wings Over America, is actually really good. Cool. What, I mean, I don't love a live album, so this is surprising to me. But like, generally, how do you feel about a live album? Well, that's a good question. Um, yeah, generally, it's not my favorite thing either. And then in later, I think this has come up on the show before. Yeah. Uh, when I've later learned how much is sweetened in the studio after the yes. fact, it just yes. totally ruined it for me. Yes, which is very fair. If I wanted that, I would just listen to the album. That sings better. Yeah. But I do like the occasional live concert recording. See, I'm trying to think now, and I don't want to say I don't at all because I'm not, I don't feel that that is 100% accurate, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think a live recording is my favorite. But I also love to listen to a song over and over and over again and know every nuance of it. Right. You know what I like more than a live recording? An alternate version. Yes, that's like, true. I do love that. Like, um, I think of like artists I listen to. Kevin Devine does it really well, where he'll do. Um, he. It's also like he'll do those versions live as well. I think probably just like a reimagining, or also a. Uh, depending on the band you're playing with, or if you're playing solo, and I, I will love alt versions of songs a lot and I do think that often obviously comes out of a live performance so I don't really know my take that I feel like maybe I just talked myself into it <laughs> uh, before moving to the city were you a big showgoer? Uh, yeah I mean not as much just because it was harder there weren't right. as many but yeah as a kid in like Binghamton, I would go to basement shows all the time and we would drive to like Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo, Scranton, wherever. We would just have to drive hours to go to shows. Right. And then in college, uh, I would go to shows at basically any time there was a show at Water Street Music Hall in Rochester. Um, but yeah, like, it just, there weren't as many. So not uh, not as much, but I think if there had been, it would have been probably even worse. <laughs> I'm wondering if because I didn't really start going to concerts until I came oh. to the city, that maybe yeah, this Christmas kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah, and, maybe that is it. Is that like the live version? It to me is so much tied to that physical experience. Right. Whereas, like where I was drilling down into they might be giants, I was only going to be able to get to see them once every yeah. four years. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I don't hate. I don't hate it, but it's just not my favorite. That's that's I think reasonable, and I think I would say the same thing. Fair enough. Uh, this is a ten-minute song. We don't need to listen to this one all the way through either. Okay, well, we'll just go ahead and fade this right on out then. All right. Um, done. That was a very professional fade out done by me. Well done. <laughs> um. Cool. So you, this obviously isn't like comprehensive of all the bands you've gotten into as an adult. Are there any other like notable ones? Uh, or did hmm. we hit all, hit all the major food groups here? 
I I was trying to focus on the ones where uh, I made it most of the way through their full discography. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I'm sure there are some ones where it's like, oh, I just got really into this one album or that sort of thing. But these yeah. are the real standouts of like my adult years. All right, that makes sense. Um, what, uh, if if you had to pick one of somebody you've gotten into late later in life, who would you say? Oh, that's a that. Mm. I probably should have anticipated that question and thought about it. Uh, um, I don't blame you. Hmm. I wouldn't, I feel like, damn, I don't know. That's a hard question. Oh, you know who I've gotten into as an adult? Van Morrison. Hmm. Weirdly. Uh, I don't know why. I have really, I did go down like a weird Van Morrison rabbit hole. Um, I, that's a band I I could tell you a couple songs by them, but I don't hymn. know anything about them. Oh, it's just one guy. It's a him. Then that that illustrates my point perfectly. I don't know anything about him at all. Okay, well I'm gonna send you a podcast episode to start. Ooh. And uh, he had a crazy life. He's also he's okay. Irish. He's Irish. Wow, didn't know that either. Yes. Um, yeah, he's a weird guy. I will send you this podcast episode as a starting point for you. I mean, yeah, everyone like knows Brown Eyed Girl, but honestly, I don't even like that song, but I like other Van Morrison songs a lot more. Uh, I primarily know him as the the guy who wrote the song at the end of Royal Tenenbaums. What song is at the end of Royal Tenenbaums? Uh, I don't know the name of it. I just know it goes, everyone, 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 everyone. You don't know him as the guy who wrote Brown Eyed Girl? His uh, my- by far most favorite famous song. As soon as you said that song, I knew that I can call it up instantly in my head, but I don't think I could have pulled it as like, who did Fair that enough. song? Fair enough. Um, cool. This was fun. This was fun. Thank you for uh, coming up with this idea, Heather. No problem. Required zero effort on my part. So I liked <laughs> it. <laughs> um, cool. Ramsey, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Ramsey ESS on everything. How about you, Heather? At Heather Shea, S-H-A-E. Um, you can find all of our stuff at ifyourelistening.com. And Give us a review on iTunes, please. Yeah. Suggest an album. And I just want to point out, currently in my friend activity on Spotify, Heather is listening to I Will Follow by U2. <laughs> oh, good to know it's a few songs behind. <laughs> Fun. All right. I think that's it. All right. Bye. Bye.